Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. All right, all right. Ooh, that sounded a little Matthew McConaughey there, but that's okay. So today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Brandy Mals, and we are going into how to scale your service-based business without hiring a team. So for her, hiring a team was not something that was very interesting to her. And so she's figured out a way to do that without hiring team members to help her grow her business. So real quick, before we dive into more of what we're going to cover in this episode, let me share with you who Brandy is. She is a social media VA turned Facebook and Instagram ad strategist. Brandy grew her income to multiple six figures in under 18 months. In addition to running the service-based portion of her business, Brandy helps other entrepreneurs scale to five-figure months so they can enjoy the same financial and life freedom that she has. And when she isn't managing a $100,000 ad spend for her clients or teaching other service-based business owners how to scale, you can find her taking family bike rides with her husband and daughter, visiting farmer's markets, or nerding it up at trivia night. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Let me share with you a little bit about what we're going to go into. Okay, we covered a lot of ground in this episode, but one of the things you're going to hear is the two metrics to focus on to grow your client roster and your income. Keep your ears perked for that one. We're going to talk about Brandy's two most recommended social media platforms for service-based business owners to be on. We're going to talk about how to begin templating every aspect of your business. If you are ready to hear how Brandy has grown her business and done it without hiring a team, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Brandy, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, I would love for you to start off and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and what life looks like today as an ambitious mom. Yes. Okay. So I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I help course creators, membership creators launch their courses by filling their webinars and launches with butts using Facebook and Instagram. And then the second half of my business is my membership, which helps service-based entrepreneurs scale without hiring a team. And those are really the two main parts of my business. But first and foremost, always, I'm a wife and a mom. And we live in St. Petersburg, Florida. And we love Disney days and just spending time together. Girl, I didn't know you were in my state. That's cool. Uh, I didn't know you were in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Brandon. um, So that's kind of close to where you are, but we're in Jacksonville now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I love Florida. That's awesome. So, you know, it's kind of funny. We get spoiled here in Florida. Oh yeah, we went to SeaWorld and it's or Disney or whatever. And it's that's something like everybody else in the country has to like plan for. Oh yeah. We're at Disney at least four times a month. <laughs> yeah. So we are so spoiled. But yeah, so tell me how has business and life evolved since you got started? Talk take me back to that original step into what I call ambitious motherhood. Absolutely. So before having my daughter, I was actually a top director in direct sales. And before that, I was in law school. So my life had really been for six years, just working weekends and working nights. And when I was eight months pregnant, I was like, I can't do this once I have a daughter. And so we, I like left all that behind. I left behind a lot of income, didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew I couldn't continue that route. And so then when my daughter was five months old, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, I have to have something that's mine. I really wanted to... And of course, my family needed money because we went from two incomes to one and then had another mouth to feed. And so that's when I found the online space. I found virtual assistants. And I really thought they were just people who sent out postcards. That's what I had hired virtual assistants to do. And I was like, there's no way I'm sending out postcards. And so then I found out like I could do social media and everything and just took off with that. You know, my first month was like a little rocky. I did 1200, so not bad. But then I quickly got in my groove and I was like, this is my jam. And just since then, that's been like 15 months now. Now I have a multiple six figure business and scaled just my services to six figures in 10 months. And the whole time being able to be at home with my daughter. Yeah, that's amazing. So really, you mentioned that it was an income thing, but it was also a fulfillment thing that led you down this path, right? Yes. So I've had, I've always worked for every dime I've had. So since I was 14. So for me, not working just didn't feel right. Like I just needed something that was mine. And motherhood is amazing. But for me, that just was not enough. Yeah. Did you struggle with like any thoughts or feeling like, you know, I'm not a good mom if or any of those things in those early days as you were trying to identify your expertise? In those early days, I don't think I struggled with that because of how I worked. It was super early in the morning before my daughter got up or super, super late at night. So I was, she was a very difficult baby. And so um, when I started my business, she was still sleeping on top of me at night. And so I made sure that she was always like, put first instead. I think I struggle more now that my husband, I retired him and he's home. And now I'm working more of like a nine to four job. Like I'm still at home, but I'm in my office. And I think sometimes I struggle more now than I ever did when I started my business. Yeah, that is interesting. And so today, like how have you been able to scale your business? I think like in those early days, it comes to a point, you said you made $1,200. Like that's amazing. We get to that point. But how did you go beyond that and start to really scale your income without taking more time away from your family? Right. So in October, I had hit $6,000 a month, charging mostly hourly. I had a few packages in there, but I was at a max. Like I just hit capacity. I couldn't grow anymore. And I was like burning too much. Like I was about to burn out. And that's when I dropped some clients. And in December, I made some structural changes to my business. And I simplified a lot. I stopped trying to be on all the platforms, doing all the things. I got super crystal clear on what services that I was going to provide, which I took a Facebook ad course. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with this. And so in January, I started promoting myself as a Facebook ad manager, had my first $10,000 a month. And since then, it has just blown up. But the big thing is I'm known for Facebook ads with course creators who are launching. So getting very specific on who I serve so I can be known in my industry for doing that. That's brilliant. Yep. I'm a big fan of that. As well as you mentioned, like not being on all the platforms. Like I can't tell you the amount of women come to me and say, well, I'm on Pinterest and I'm blogging and I'm doing this thing and I'm going to go live and I plan to have a podcast. And it's like, yeah, but like, where's the money? <laughs> you know? Right. And then you're just burnt out and your family is sitting there going, okay, yeah, where's the money? You're working all these hours, you know? And I think that's where the guilt can come in as a mom that's trying business and life. You know? Absolutely. Talk to me about the biggest shift you feel like led to that $10,000 a month. 
was there any big mindset shifts? What do you think accounted for? Maybe the niche, niching down, but talk to me about that transformation there. I think the big thing for me is I stopped. I literally stopped listening to everyone. I remember there was a day where I was like, you know what? I feel like everyone's wrong. (laughs) And that was just my feeling. It doesn't mean everyone was wrong, but I didn't see the need to be on Instagram when my clients weren't on Instagram or maybe they were, but they weren't looking for job, like hiring people on Instagram. And then I also was like, a lot of the things I'm doing that I was told to do they don't make sense. And so I just really looked at my business and said, you know what, where should I be focusing my time? And at that point, the only two places I wanted to focus my time were my marketing minutes. So that's how long I was putting myself out there, marketing my services, and how many discovery calls I was holding. Once I started focusing on those two things and stopped focused on everything, my revenue soared. I also spent the month of December really getting my systems in place. So that way, I wasn't in the back end of my business. And that way, I could scale without hiring a team. Mm. So I definitely have a lot of things I want to based on what you just said. So the first thing is you, like everybody was wrong. And I think this is a really important place to get to, to kind of take back the reins in your own business. Would you agree that maybe like it felt like giving away the reins to your business for a second while you're waiting for the next podcast or the next course or the next guru to come in and like tell you what you need to do? Yeah. And I just think there's a lot of noise online. And one thing that I've done to really protect myself because we all suffer from shiny objects. I'm not immune to that. And so one thing that I do to protect my mind though, is I only really have had one or two mentors that I listen to. So like one of those mentors is Amy Porterfield. So she's a mentor from afar. And then um, the other mentor is Rick, which is my coach, Rick Mulready. And that's those are the two people I listen to their advice. So Amy on her podcast, Rick's my coach. But I don't, I try to tune out everyone else because when we have so many opinions coming at us, it's really hard to know what direction to go next. So good. Yes. And I love, Rick is an expert in exactly what you're working on. So I love that. And I think the only opinions we need to listen to as business owners is ourselves, like our soul, what we want to do, our heart, our calling. Um, And it's our mentor and it really should be one person, like not multiple. And then your ideal clients, right? We've got to listen to what they're saying, what they need and all that stuff as well. Yes. I could not agree more. And I think that's one reason that I've really been able to scale is just I don't have all the noise going on. So good. So good. So I think the lady that's listening right now, she just heard you say that you focused on your marketing minutes and your discovery call numbers. And if I know her, which I do, she's sitting there going, yeah, but how do I get discovery calls in the first place? Really frustrated on that. So can you give us some nuggets of wisdom around the maybe the, the things that you did and controlled to get those discovery calls? Right. So the first step is focusing on that one platform. So I teach in my membership that your people are either on Facebook or they're on LinkedIn. Like those are the two easiest places to get clients. And so figure out like, are you going to put your marketing minutes in LinkedIn? Are you going to put your marketing minutes on Facebook? And then you come up with a really solid strategy for both of those. LinkedIn's a little bit easier because it's not as crowded right now. Facebook, you're going to have to really step out and make yourself like stand out from the crowd. Some of those things you can do is, you know, instead of just posting on a job op that says, Hey, I'm looking for a Pinterest manager and say, Hey, I do Pinterest. 
shoot a video and send it to them. Like a quick video on your phone, post it. Instead of posting there, go to their business page and send them a message. Don't personal message them. That's going to spam. With LinkedIn, you're using keywords to connect. So I think it's just coming up with a really strong strategy that's an active approach and not a passive approach. Yeah. Actively going out there and prospecting, not waiting for these referrals or people to come to you. Right. I love that. Love that. Oh, I also love that you didn't mention Instagram. Talk to me about that. Okay. So Instagram is just not my... I mean, I love Instagram as a personal user. It's probably my favorite platform as a business owner. It's just... I know that there are people that are getting clients on Instagram. I've got clients on Instagram and I don't even show up on Instagram half the time. But the problem is no one, unless you're like, you see sometimes like Amy Porterfield did, but like for the most part, people aren't saying, Hey, here's a job op. I'm looking for a Facebook ad manager or, you know, it's not yet where people are going. And so for me, it's like, okay, I want to go where they're actually posting that they're hiring. I don't necessarily want to like be scrolling through my feed or stories trying to find someone who's hiring. And I think like you can put up content, but people are, we're so used to, you know, like if I'm going to hire someone, I'm going to go post it and go through my options. And so when you're like on Instagram, it's a much more passive approach than in Facebook groups where people are actually posting that they're looking to hire someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when the perspective you're coming at from a service-based business owner, the Pinterest manager, the social media VA, that kind of thing, that is so true. I think if we're talking personal branding or coaching, that's a whole different ballgame. But I think if you're listening to this, listen to what we're saying in that you need to listen to the things that are coming into your world with a very judgy ear. Like it's not all for you. Take what you need, discard the rest. Right. And then from a Facebook ad standpoint, if you are a coach, it makes more sense to get on Facebook and do a Facebook Live on your business page and then repurpose that into an IGTV or something for Instagram. Because as of right now, we can't create video view audiences from you know, Instagram lives, but we can from Facebook lives. So if you want to run ads for your services or your membership or anything like that, it makes sense to first show up on Facebook business page. So then you can build really strong audiences for your ads. Yeah, definitely. So when you mentioned that you equip your people with a solid strategy to go on Facebook or to go on LinkedIn, do you have an example of like maybe let's just say like a virtual assistant of some kind? Yeah. So I think the first thing that you have to figure out is who are you serving? So are you serving... I have a heating and air conditioning client. He's been with me since I pretty much started my business. So I'm going to use him. He was not on Facebook. I found him on LinkedIn. So now he's not my ideal client, but the birth photographer teaching birth photography, she's on Facebook. And so first I'm going to identify like who is my ideal client. And once I know that, I know where they're hanging out. And then on that, that's where my strategy comes into place. And so if, you know, it's the HVAC company, I'm going to be posting on LinkedIn about things in his industry or how Facebook ads can help local businesses reach more people better than a billboard. And then I'm going to be reaching out and connecting in a non-spammy way to him with my birth photographer, the course creator, 
her, she's in a Facebook group. So I'm going to pick the Facebook groups that I think that she is hanging out in. And that's where I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to pick three of them and spend my time. I'm going to be searching job ops. I'm going to be posting helpful tips. So I'm not a big fan of when people just post in the group and be like, hey, tell me your favorite course you've ever taken or whatever. Those value add posts, I really don't think a lot of times people are adding value in a good way or a way that's out of integrity. And so for me, when I say I'm going in there, it's more of if someone says, hey, I can't figure out how to set up my pixel. I'm going to say, hey, here's the link to Facebook that shows you step-by-step. If you need help, let me know. So I'm always adding value first in a very like genuine way. Yeah, like connecting, getting to know where they're at, helping where you can, and then opportunities down the line to upgrade into your experience, whether that's moving the conversation to a DM and realizing they have bigger needs that you can solve. Right. And especially because even if I have people in groups that tag me as Facebook ad, I've they've never like been my client, but I've helped them in other ways and they know like, oh yeah, Brandy is the Facebook ad strategist. So I'm gonna tag her when they see a job op come available. That's so good. So good. Hey, so I wanted to take a second, pop into this interview and just interrupt for just a moment, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I know you are loving this conversation today. I want you to screenshot your show right now, post it on your Instagram stories, tag myself and our guest, and share with us whatever ahas you are getting from this episode. We cannot wait to hear what it is you're taking away and also have the chance to reshare you on our social platforms as well. Okay, I'll see you on the gram. Back to the episode. One of your big things is helping service businesses scale without hiring a team. Have you always been interested in not having a huge team? Has it always been a desire you've had? Yes. So with my Facebook ad business, and when I first started, it was just VA stuff and social media management. I knew that I never wanted to hire a team. To me, that just sounds exhausting for multiple reasons. A personality, I just like, I would micromanage. I felt like I just... You know, I want my business to always be profitable. So I always say, like, I want to put profit in your pocket. And I think that you can scale an online service based business to six figures without hiring a team and it will be extremely profitable. Now, when it comes to like the membership, that's a whole nother story. I have a whole team, like, I have a podcast manager, I have a community manager, I have a visibility strategist. So that's like a completely different animal. But as service providers, you can totally do this without hiring a team because you can run a really lean business, you get your systems in place, and then you just focus on the things that matter and not all the things. And it's 100% doable. So talk to me about the systems that you mean that you want to have in place to scale your service business. Yeah. So I always say KISS, keep it simple, sweetie. And so if you run your service-based business like that, just keep everything simple. So I used Upsado that runs my contracts, my scheduler, my proposal, my invoices, like everything's ran through one program. And then I use ClickUp for my client, like when I'm my daily task what I have to onboard, offboard all my clients. So that's kind of like my calendar. And then I use Zoom for calls and I use Google Drive. And that's pretty much the only four things I use in my business to scale and just keeping it very simple, but having systems that are automated in place. So when someone onboards with me, it's the same process every single time. When they offboard, it's the same process from a discovery call to offboarding, it's the same process. And so when you get things down like that, it's so much easier. 
to manage. And then you template your business. So like my Facebook ads, I have copy that I just plug and play. I have graphics that I just switch out things. They convert. Why change them? And this goes with if you're like, but I'm not a Facebook ad strategist. We have OBMs that are doing the same thing. They've found processes that they can really systematize. So they're not doing the same... They're doing the same thing over and over and they're not recreating things each time. Yeah. Mm, so good. I'm such a fan of templates. And anytime there's an email we're going to send more than once or a thing we're going to do more than once, taking the extra 15 or so minutes to template it. Absolutely. Template so how does that service provider start to productize their business. You know, I've those that are listening, one of the books that I love is it's called Built to Sell. And it's a story that talks about exactly that. And so I would love for you to share any kind of nuggets you have around that. Oh, I need to check out that book. Okay. So for me... Don't, so I will tell you, don't listen to it on Audible because the dude's voice is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I will read it. Okay. So one thing that I've been able to do with my Facebook ad is business is just that, like I said. So I have about 20 graphics that I just pop in their brand photos, type in there. Like I change a few things, but it takes me so... It'll take me like 10 minutes to make a graphic instead of 45 minutes because the base is already there. Same thing with the ad copy. I have a whole thing like, okay, this is webinar, open cart. This is cart close, registration. And I just go through and plug and play. So my business has all these templates and it's just me plugging and playing instead of recreating the wheel every single time. And if you're listening and you're like, but I don't have those. If you actually look at your business and there's probably the things that you're doing every single time for the clients. And it's stuff that could be templated and productized where you're not recreating the will every time. You just have to look with an open mind at what you're doing and you'll find things. Yeah. So what are those common like pushbacks you get from your clients where they're like, oh, I can't, I can't template graphics because they need to be specific to that business or I don't want them to all look the same. Like, what are some common fears that they have around that? It's usually not around graphics because I think more and more people are just using templates nowadays anyway. So it, Canva's made that much easier. It's usually stuff where it's like podcast managers and OBMs and people who are doing more admin. And I think that a lot of times it's just not wanting to take the time to look at what you're doing. So it's a time thing. They just, they have it in their head that like they can't, there's this belief that what they do is so unique for each client. And we all want to be like that snowflake. But the thing is, you could work 10 times faster, have more time for your family, make more money. If you just took the time to step back and look at your business and really like say, okay, this is pretty much the same every single time. And even with bringing on my podcast manager and community manager, like the first thing I did is ask them like, what are you doing the same every single week? Okay, let's make sure that this is like the quickest process ever. And then even as we continue to work together, I'm like, oh, this could be quicker if we do this. So just taking the time to like write down what are all your tasks that you do? And then for this client, this client, this client, and then you'll see the overlap. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely work that feels like in the beginning, you don't have time for it, but you really need to make the time and the space for it because it's going to give you more time back. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, 
this has been so good chatting with you. I love this whole conversation of systemizing your client work, just templates, how we can really scale our income without the time as well going with it. So share with everybody the best business book you've read and then what you are looking forward to reading soon or are reading now. Okay. So the best business book I have read, I guess it's considered a business book, is... I always slaughter the title, but dollars flow to me easily. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And so that has been... I've read it twice. The first time I wasn't ready to hear it. It's very woo. The second time coming through has been like like totally business changing with me. I think money is something that I didn't really realize I struggled with and always thought like, oh, I don't struggle with money. But once I opened my mind, I was like, wow, this is like, we should all be reading this book. And so I recommend it to everyone because in order to scale your business, you have to have a really good mindset around money because if you don't, you're not going to attract any more money. So I definitely think that that's been the best one that I've read. Yeah. So I'm going to add The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind was one of the first money books I ever read. He talks about a money thermostat. And if you don't raise your thermostat, you're always going to be stuck there. So you've got to get be aware of what level your thermostat is at. Yeah. Very good. So good. So what is the next book you're reading or one you're reading right now? So right now I'm listening to Gabby Bernstein, Super Attractor. And it's my first time really listening to her and I'm really loving it. I'm getting more into mindset books instead of like action taking books, you know? And I think that that's been one of the biggest growth. I'm in the middle of a launch right now and from going from the dollars to now Gabby Bernstein, this has been the lightest launch I've ever had. And it's just because I've really just given over all control and what happens happens. And it's been day one and we've already had our best launch ever. And I think the more that we can fill our mind, the better that our business and our life will be. Yeah. I'm definitely a big believer that like you only need so much knowledge about strategy or tactics. Majority of the game in success in business is in your mindset. Absolutely. And like, I just love that you said you weren't ready to hear it when you first read that dollars book. because It's such a journey. We have to get to these places and you've got to come to your place on your own where you're ready to realize that, oh my gosh, yeah, mindset. Yeah, it's pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> right. And you have to be ready to receive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, tell everybody how we can connect with you and hear more about what you're doing, everything that's going on in your business and in your world. Okay. So there's three main ways you can connect with me. The first one is on my podcast, the Serve Scale Soar podcast. It's all about helping service-based entrepreneurs scale. And then the second place is on Instagram. I don't post a lot, but I get a lot of DMs and I always answer all my DMs. And that's at Brandy and Company, all spelled out. And then the third way is I have a free training just for y'all and it's servescalesoar.com forward slash Katie. And that is how to scale to consistent $10,000 months without hiring a team. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that resource with us today and all of your knowledge here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I am so excited that you got to hang out with us here today in your earbuds. And I want to help you get further connected into the Six Figure Ambitious Mom community. So head on over to katiefleming.co slash tribe for your own invite into the Six Figure Ambitious Motherhood community. I'll see you there.